Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here, as always, with my friend, my colleague, my partner, my banter exchanger extraordinaire, (laughs) Ronnie Kurtz. He's assistant director of marketing, managing editor of For the Church, and a pastor at Emmaus Church, and I was just going to keep accumulating titles, That's right. an author and assistant <laughs> professor of Christian studies. Bro, don't overextend yourself. Yeah, you even forgot one. I'm chief editor of Midwestern Magazine as well. Oh, so good grief. It, it's ridiculous, Midwestern man. Magazine. Okay. Yeah. And you do some other things as well, I know, but uh, we'll keep that on the down yeah, Every, right. Everyone needs a side hustle or two. <laughs> Uh, I know you're after that wealth. Someone said, "If you want, well, if you want to be wealthy, you need five sources of, of wow. income. Wow, five income streams. So, is, that, is that what you're trying for? Um, I, well, I'm at twelve now, and I'm still not wealthy. <laughs> so I don't know. Hey, you might need a new strategy I, to wealth. I think part of, I think key to it is is that each of the streams is significant. Yeah, or think, successful even. I think that's right. It's five, five significant streams. I think that's the part that I'm missing. Because I'm about at 10 or 12 now. Come to For the Church podcast for church-related matters, <laughs> not financial-related matters. That's right. Speaking of things not growing. Wow. No, that's not the transition I want to make. Have you seen any good movies lately? Let's just keep no, the, man, uh, the conversation listen, going. I just had a conversation yesterday. Okay. You know, a lot of people tell you when you become a new dad, yeah. a new parent, whatever. You, uh, you can't watch movies anymore. So many things yeah. change, right? Yeah. You're, you're not going to read anymore. You're not going to do this anymore. You're not going to do that anymore. And I'll say a lot of the things that I was warned won't ever be the same are the same. Okay. It was a little bit, I think it was a little bit of fear mongering on some, you know. Is your child mobile yet? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, All she right. is very She's mobile. mobile. Okay. Uh, however, yeah. the thing that that was true for was movie watching. Oh, yeah. Which, is, which as you know, I love movies. Yeah. We, we've talked about movies often. Uh, but I haven't seen a, a movie in a minute. So wow. uh, my wife and I actually decided we're going to go see uh, Cruella this week. Okay. So that's the uh, how, new Disney villain. Yeah, I, like I the, don't like that when they like recreate. The yeah, thing. I get it. Yeah. But uh, backstory, they want us to like empathize. I know with the villains, with the dog hater, and I don't. I can't empathize with the dog hater. Yeah. So, oh, that's anyways. right. Do you think she kills the dog in this movie? <laughs> this is like no a prequel. Is yeah, a prequel? It's, it's a prequel. Okay, but so she's not killing the dog. I don't think it's going to be like yeah. as dark as like okay. Joker was, but I think okay. it's going to be a similar. Well, I've got thing. a movie recommendation for you. Okay, let's Maybe hear it. Maybe you can find yeah. it. Uh, I haven't looked up to see you, you know where it is on streaming or anything, um, and for our crowd as well. So, are you familiar at, at all with the work of David Mamet? No. So David Mamet is a playwright, and he's written some pretty inf- uh, you know influential movies, but he's known for these like shady characters, seedy characters, uh, gangsters and con men in particular, con men especially, um, hard-nosed kind of businessmen. And he's known for his rapid-fire dialogue and for being pretty profane, hmm. so profane dialogue. But he did this movie, <clears throat> and this I think was the early 2000s, uh, called The Spanish Prisoner. Hmm. And the most unique thing about it at first when I saw it was it's rated PG. So a PG movie from David Mamet. And I thought, this is bizarre. This is like Tarantino doing a yeah. PG movie or something. So uh, you don't have to worry about the content. Um, you know, it's, it's it's PG content. And it's a fantastic story. It stars, it stars uh, Steve Martin and Campbell Scott and uh, an actress by the name of Rebecca Pigeon, who uh, is David Mamet's wife, or at least was at one time. I think she still is. Um, and it's it revolves around a con. It's a con man story. Huh. So it's it's uh, um, 
It's very sophisticated and it's very twisty. Yeah. So there's sort of like twists within twists and all these sorts of things. And the Spanish prisoner is the name of a con. Yeah. It, it doesn't take place in Spain or anything like that. But it's the name of a particular con or a hustle. <laughs> and it's just so clever and so brilliant. And I've loved this movie ever since that I saw it. Uh, the Spanish Prisoner. Okay. Uh, uh, check it out. It's uh, Steve Martin in one of his rare kind of dramatic. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's not a comedy. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's you know, kind of a con man yeah. uh, kind of movie. Listener, if you don't know, Jared and I have secretly wanted to do a movie podcast or yes. a fiction podcast for a while. So we're kind of getting uh, getting a, a practice run here in the yes, Spanish right. section. And even more surprising, The Spanish Prisoner, I, it's not as good. But after The Spanish Prisoner, David Mamet did a movie called The Winslow Boy, okay. which uh, takes place, I think, in uh, Victorian England, uh, or maybe slightly after that. Uh, and it revolves around the, uh, a mystery about a boy who they think is a thief or something, and is he innocent? It's kind of a, a mystery type thing, but it's very um, uh, um, just like sweet and, gen- and, and, and gentile kind of mm. thing. Um, but it's rated G. It's a movie <laughs> that I like. I, I was blown away. If you know anything about David Mamet, he did Glenn Gary, Glenn, uh, Glenn Ross, which I would not look up quotes related to that movie, but it's it's probably his most famous movie. Um, but it's rated G. It's a movie for grownups rated G. Wow. But this doesn't out. exist. And for anyone to have done it, for this guy to have done it. So yeah. those are a couple of movies. Okay. Uh, if you know, Those of you who like good movies for grownups that don't have content <laughs> that you've got to shield your eyes or ears about, Spanish Prisoner and uh, and The Winslow Boy. Look at you. Check those out. Hey, let's talk about churches that aren't growing. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> two, two weeks ago, we discussed when your church is growing. Now we've got some uh, advice, counsel for the rest of us when your church isn't growing. And I've been in this situation, thing we established uh, in our last episode. You have not been in this situation, so well, way to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got some advice, as I do, for those who may be thinking, man, we've just been praying and and working and struggling and people are are um, are just not interested. We mm. just we don't seem to see any major growth. Um, I'll go first with my uh, 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 first word of advice, which is this: Don't panic. Mm. Don't panic. Uh, in times like this, uh, it becomes somewhat tempting to think uh, the church is going to die, or uh, maybe I'm not called here. That's another. I, you know, that's kind of a big one mm-hmm. as well as. Um, if, if things don't seem to have a lot of visible growth or, um, you know, exciting growth happening, we think maybe I'm in the wrong place or, or the, you know, the Lord, uh, you know, would have me go somewhere else. It's not his will. Don't start thinking in extreme ways um, about these things. Um, you know, get a, a level head about it. Understand that, it's, that God is sovereign over these situations, and it's God's timing and God who gives the growth. Um, it's not about what buttons you're pushing or what you're doing in your programming. Um, and so in, in, in the kind of, uh, um, you know, mode of non-panic, don't start reaching into the bag of pragmatism to compensate. Oh, yes. gosh, we've got if we just do these certain events or if we just do this or that other thing, then people will show mm. up. Um, yeah, don't um, resort to things that are contrary to the work of the Spirit in order to um, soothe your own concerns about about growth. Uh, I'm not saying you should be happy about it. I'm not saying that, you know, it shouldn't concern you, and I'll talk about that in a little bit in, in, in a moment. Uh, but don't panic. Yes. Don't freak out about it. I think that's yeah. such a good word. Yeah, for, for me, though I haven't had, I haven't experienced a church, uh, and part of it is because I'm a younger, a younger leader, 
Uh, I'm sure I will experience this experience seasons of decline um, in, in the coming years. However, even though I haven't experienced it substantially, I have experienced people leaving. Yeah. And one of the things I have found, even in, even in the few years that I have been doing ministry, I've been a pastor about seven years now, is it's easy for me to take, especially the closer the person is to me, mm-hmm. to take an exit from my church as a personal attack. And that, I mean, there's no other way to say it other than that is just so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy to, to so equate, to so conflate even your ministry and your identity such that if they leave your ministry, they're they are doing something to hurt your identity. And th- that's happened to me um, where I've gotten defensive or even, you know, totally lost any amount of kindness or grace when a, a brother or a sister leaves my church and I, and I felt it as a strike against my identity. So, uh, even even beyond just leaving, if the numbers aren't growing the way that you would hope they would, uh, I think it's really important that you do the self-work, kind of the, the shadow work, if you will, to make sure you're not equating that with the problem of your own identity. Mm. Uh, no matter how shaky your church is, your foundation as an individual in Christ is sure as it could possibly be if it's rooted in Jesus. Yeah. And so just don't, don't uh, conflate those two things. No, that's good, and that's a good— uh, redirection for where I wanted to head next as well, which is to say, um, as you're doing kind of the reminder to yourself, retrieval of your your own identity and rooting your identity in Christ, um, that should also embolden you to be very honest about the situation and about your own place in the situation. So my second word is basically do a ruthless self-inventory and repent where, where needed. Um, you know, it's not to say that, uh, um, you know, you're doing something wrong and that's why this is happening, but there may be areas where you, you, um, you know, you know, do need to shore up, uh, your leadership, uh, maybe your preaching gifts, you know, there's, you know, areas of sharpening, um, are there places where you've been somewhat lackadaisical and, and so people, um, are not attracted to a church where the pastor is somewhat disengaged or, um, you know, on a soapbox every week or, you know, hmm. be honest with yourself. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, that you are the cause or that there is something, uh, you know, that you're doing that's contributing to uh, the lack of growth. Um, but face it if, if there is. Uh, you know, be honest enough, be bold enough, because if, if, if you, um, are, you know, have a good sense of your identity in Christ, if you do know I'm united to Christ, he is for me, uh, that should free you up to confess well, mm-hmm. um, to you know, to own up, to fess up if necessary, um, and then also even to see um, you know honestly your people whom you love very deeply. But if you have become over the you know um, you know over the years or over time simply kind of a you know a chaplain to your community's uh, um, you know insular mm-hmm. uh, experience, um, and you're just the handholder. And you haven't been leading them into mission or on mission, and 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 you haven't been preaching a missional gospel. Um, you know those are things that you need to, uh, to begin addressing on the congregational level as well. Um, is your community hospitable to outsiders? Is your community is your church active in evangelism? Um, you know these shortcomings should not be cause for you to become your church's accuser or to you know lapse into condemnation of your church or anything like that. But where are ways that you can lead them to face up to these realities? 
Churches that die are essentially churches that have begun dying and wouldn't face reality. Yep, that's right. Wouldn't begin to make the changes that are necessary. Uh, repent where repentance is needed, but also just, um, gosh, we've been doing church the same way for the last 30 years, uh, you know, logistically and systemically, and, and we probably ought to have changed at some point if we want to see uh, growth, if yep. we want to see families come and all that sort of thing. So, you know, be honest with yourself and, and with your church not in an accusatory, condemnatory way, but in a way to say um, we ought to change in order for um, the Lord to best use yep. us, to be you know the best stewards of what we have. And most church folks will get along with that. They may have trouble changing, especially if they've been doing the same thing for a very long time. Uh, but people who love Jesus and love the Word and don't want to die, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the thing. You know, people who don't want to die— they'll at least have their ears open yes. to what you're suggesting and where you would like to lead them. Um, and, and possibly I, yeah. even be encouraged as new people come. And um, yes. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good word. Yeah, I mean, I think just being honest, even with your leadership, getting around the table with the people who um, are in the positions of co-leadership with you, whoever they may be, and 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 not dancing around the issue. Yep. Not just bemoaning it, oh, I wish more people would come, and oh, it's just sad. But actually saying, what are we doing or not doing that could be inadvertently contributing to this? What can we do to help offset this? Are there areas of faithlessness where we need to repent and be more faithful? Um, Or is this just, hey, man, we're really knocking out of the park? And that could be the case. We're really being faithful. Um, You know, our people are evangelistic. They're sharing the gospel with their friends. They're inviting their neighbors. They're involved in, 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 in people's lives. We are preaching the gospel faithfully. We're doing everything we know to do, and the Lord just isn't sending people. Um, that's a possibility. Certainly, that's a possibility. But I think we you know, need to be humble and bold enough to, uh, in some respects, say, what, what can we do? Not in a pragmatic sense that it depends on you, but are there areas where we can be more faithful? Yeah, and, and, I think that's such a good word. It, it, it's both helpful diagnostically and just practically. I, I think that's there are things, and it even leads into my, my last point, of advice here, which is, it has to kind of do with what you talked about, about faithfulness and faithlessness yeah. and having that ruthless self, you know, analysis that doesn't lead to sorrow, but leads to progress. But I would just say as well within faithfulness to not downplay the ordinary means of grace. Cause I think, and this goes back to both your first and last point of when numbers start to dwindle, we, it is so tempting, sadly, like gravity to get pragmatic or even just borderline silly, yeah. you know, and do whatever it needs, do whatever you need to do to attract folks. But I would say uh, be faithful. You can't control when the Lord decides to send and when he doesn't decide to send. You can do as much as you want to, all the work, all the things you just said, do the ruthless self-evaluation, be honest with elders and pastors, change the things that you can change, and the Lord might not send. But So you can't control that. But what you can control is faithfulness on the basics of what it is to even be a church. Yeah. Be faithful in the preaching of the word. Be faithful to be on mission and evangelism and discipleship. Be faithful to follow the one another's in the, the New Testament. Uh, be, be faithful to devote your life to prayer. Be faithful in these ordinary means of grace, the administration of the Lord's Supper, the, these ordinary things that the Lord has been pleased to use for centuries now to grow his church. Uh, I think if we're faithful in what we can be faithful with, we have fidelity where we can have fidelity. 
often those are the kinds of things the Lord uses to bring more people to a particular church. Yeah, well, and sometimes he uses a kind of pruning as well. Oh, I mean, yes. When, when, when you're beginning to see maybe uh, a cutting back, um, you know, part of not panicking is asking the question, uh, why is this happening, yes. first of all? Um, no, you, know, no, you know, don't just assume. Um, and so have conversations if someone's, you know, it's one thing if your church is kind of plateaued and, and you're not adding, but it's another thing if people are actually leaving, right? So you're losing people. Have conversations, right? Uh, you know, assuming that they'll have them with you, but ask them, why are you leaving? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what's the, uh, you know, what are your concerns? That sort of thing. Um, you probably will begin to pick up on a common thread there. Uh, maybe not, but by and large, you'll probably begin to hear some kind of recurring things. And sometimes people leave uh, for reasons that um, are, are, you know, are less than honorable or aren't things you could do anything about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we, you know, we don't like your style of preaching, you know, going through books of the Bible. And we want to hear, you know, the four, uh, you know, the four, you know, ser- uh, sermon series on, you know, being a successful whatever and that, and that kind of thing. You know, uh, you know, they're leaving you for the attractional church, that kind of thing. Well, that's a different kind of that's loss right. than somebody who would say, you're not preaching Jesus. That's why I'm leaving. Or you, you've harmed my family in some way. That's why I'm leaving. Or, I, you know, I find your leadership... Um, you know, domineering, that's a different kind of, so find out why they're leaving and begin to weigh kind mm-hmm. of, you know, how you analyze the the loss from that. And understand that if you're losing people for quote unquote good reasons, at least good on your side, like you're being faithful and and and, and that can be divisive sometimes, the gospel can divide, uh, you know, people are leaving for that reason. This could be a pruning actually yes. that prepares you for later growth. So not all loss um, or, or or lack of growth is is you know created equal, uh, but like you said, and and this ties into my last point is um, in terms of faithfulness. I think the leadership resolving to be examples yes. to the flock, like Peter says in First Peter five, you know, set an example for the flock that you're shepherding. So you know, whatever you want your people to be, gosh, I wish they were more evangelistic. Mm. You know, uh, you, you know, so many of our problems would be solved if people just would share the gospel more. Or I wish they would be more hospitable, um, have more, you know uh, their neighbors in their home, you know more, and, and and be more prone to outreach. Or I wish they studied the you know the uh, Bible more, and all the things you want them to be, you better be. Yes. Um, you know, set an example. Don't just tell people what to do, but be an example to them of of that kind of faithfulness, and and that can be attract like that can be a magnet of uh, you know of a kind that can have its own sort of impact um, and and persuasion, the you know, the persuasion of example uh, for people as as well as they see your faithfulness and it becomes a kind of contagious um, thing. So don't just tell people to be something that you're not willing to be yourself. Uh, you know, set an example in faithfulness and see if your church actually will mm-hmm. begin to, um, yeah, be uh, influenced by that. I'm sure you've seen that happen oh, as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So this, uh, some good words of advice. Don't panic. Be faithful. Stay faithful. Do a good uh, analysis, self-inventory for yourself. Those are just some words of advice we have for when your church isn't growing. Anything else to add, brother? No, just maybe a a, a quick little parting word here. Uh, Hopefully listeners know that uh, you and I, we really love pastors. Yeah. Uh, We really do. And Jared, you've been been working— in that direction for the love of pastors for many years now, and I appreciate it. But to the pastor who to the pastor who is listening, whose church is in decline, just know the Lord sees you. He has you. You're okay. 
um, and know that there are men in your corner, even that you don't know, like Jared and I, who are praying for you. We might not see you like the Lord sees you, but we appreciate you and your work is needed and valuable. That's a great word. Uh, it makes me think of First Peter 5, where uh, you know Peter doesn't say, you know, and after you've ministered, you'll have a big church. That's right. You'll enjoy the successes. But essentially, after you've suffered a little while, yeah. the God of all grace will reward you. He will give you the unfading crown of glory. Um, that's your reward to be held out for you. And, 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 and you'll earn that um, simply through your faithfulness because Christ has earned it for you. Amen. And, and you know, gives it to you uh, out of his grace. So um, he's not thinking, why isn't your church bigger and withholding anything from you? Mm. Wonderful way to end. Thank you, Ronnie, for that good, uh, that good news Amen. for those who may be struggling. Uh, listener, if you enjoy the podcast, as always, give us a good review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you list, you know listen to podcasts. I haven't looked up the reviews lately, so I'm just assuming everyone's killing it, giving us <laughs> five stars. I don't want to be depressed by That's looking right. at that um, because I do. I, I my heart is tuned I, to those yeah. reviews, uh, as you can tell. No, actually, I haven't looked at them for a while. But uh, yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, recommend us to your friends as well. It's doing pretty well, isn't yeah, it? This it is. Podcast yeah, is, it is. I mean, you're the one who crunches the numbers. Uh, I don't. I'm not a pragmatist. I don't look yeah, at those things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, part of my job is I have to look at them, and uh, yeah, people are listening. People so are listening. We're encouraged. Thank that's you. That's good. So yeah, recommend us to your friends. Give us a good review. And until next time, may Zeus be back in his cave. <laughs> and may Jesus be big. In your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.